<laughs> Hi, just a quick trigger warnings for the discussion in this episode will be about practice being a wallflower, which deals heavily with death, suicide, mental illness, mental problems, trauma, and sexual trauma specifically. So please be aware of that. If any of those are triggering to you, please skip this episode. Uh, much love. Okay. So we are here back again. Zero likes. <laughs> yes. um, the voice you are hearing right now is my best friend, Larissa. Hi, I'm Larissa. We are here. We're going to discuss things. Please, once again, if you have any triggers relating to these subjects, just especially when it comes to sexual abuse and things of that nature, please just skip this episode and get back to us on the next one. Yes, please do. Because today we're talking about Perks of Being a Wallflower. It's Larissa's favorite book. Is this your favorite it's book? It's my favorite book. Okay, yeah. It's her favorite book and it's really no holds bar. Like we're going to talk about everything. So with that being said, we read the book and we watched the movie last night. So I kind of just want to start with my question when I thought about when I, when I was watching the movie and I kind of mentioned it to you. Do you think that it's easier to show trauma and mental illness like in the movies than it is to like write about it? with the book I feel like it's probably hard for both because when you think about it especially when you want the plot to make sense and make sure you don't skip over any details to make sure like it flows in the book or in the movie I feel like it's hard to describe especially because we never know um wasn't the Arthur had some type of trauma of his, of his own I don't know if it was sexual but when it comes to things like that I feel like it's always hard to portray them and portray them in the right sense because it's such a sensitive topic when it comes to this book and other people's lives who have gone through um, sexual abuse. But I feel like, I don't know, I don't know which one could be harder. I'm gonna go with the book because in the movie you can kind of see it, you can kind of mm -hmm. tell what's happening. In the book you have to like describe, like, hey, this is what happened, this is it. Yeah. So, also, this is just a little quick recap for those who don't know what Perks of Being Wallflower is. It is a book that came out in 1999. <sighs> So it came out in 1999 and it's written by Stefan Krobsky and it's set in the format of these letters written by the main character, Charlie, who struggles heavily with um, mental health and mental illness and with trying to uncover and learn how to grab with his own trauma caused by his family. And so the book kind of is just written from his perspective of him writing letters to this friend that we don't know who the friend is. Um, he just starts everyone saying, dear friend, and he just talks about his life in high school and falling into this group of like the cool alternative kids the at cool the school. <laughs> outcast alternative seniors and he's a freshman in high school. Yeah, so I probably should have did that at the beginning, but hey, you know, you live and you learn. Mm -hmm. So that's just a quick recap of what it is. And also a movie came out that was also written and directed by the author of this book in two thousand the movie came out in two thousand nine, I wanna say. Two thousand nine? Really? Was it two thousand nine? I feel like it's kinda old. But uh Charlie is played like by 2015. In my and then Charlie's yeah, played by Logan Logan right? Logan, Logan Lerman. Lerman. He's amazing. So handsome. He's really good. I hate all the hate he got from per Percy Jackson because like he was still good. He that, was still though. good so in that like, too, um, and also it's like it's not his fault. He was given the script and he worked with what he got. He worked really well with it, and I hate that he gets like bit like BS from that. But anyway, twenty twelve came out. It came out in twenty twelve. I don't know why in my That's mind. Old. Yeah, in my mind I was like two thousand nine, <laughs> and I was set on it. Yes. I was like okay, but 
anyway, back to what I was saying, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I feel like with both the mediums, it's like you have to really, really think about it and really try to show it. I don't know. But I feel like writing, maybe just coming from someone who writes and like when I write, I write about my trauma too. I think that the writing probably has another level Mm -hmm. because like you have to sit there and you have to stare at the words and you have to be like, how do I feel? How do I feel? And how do I... It's like a form of therapy for you too. Yeah. It's like, now how do I make people understand what I'm feeling? Because like with me, I equate like when I'm depressed or I go into one of my spirals, I equate it to like music or to... um, song to like um colors also so i'll be like i'm just having like a really dark brown day and then i'm like how the fuck how do i and then i'm like okay when i go to like write a poem or something or like write something down i'm like how do i describe that because i can't just be like because in my mind it makes sense being like it's a dark day like a dark brown day and it'll be like yes that makes sense but i can't like i can't just say that to people you picked out that color yes it's just a, it's a dark brown gray this is cerulean day for me <laughs> cerulean i'm feeling very <laughs> sapphire today uh, <laughs> it's a little check-in. I'm feeling like sapphire-y. Crying. Feeling very brick red today. <laughs> okay. <Fuchsia>. <laughs> Periwinkle, you know. Love to see it. Making up. I get to the point where I start making up colors. Because yes. there's no more colors in the spectrum. Love to see it. But, um, okay, so another question. So the book, obviously, you've said it several times, deals a lot with trauma and kind of like the circular motion of trauma. Mm-hmm. Um. I want to start that with um, Aunt Helen, which is spoiler for the book. If you don't know, um, Charlie went on his discovery in his world in his year. This is over a year, I think. He discovers that his aunt, um, something happened with her husband, so that she comes to live with the with Charlie's family mm-hmm. and her sister. And it was when he was very young, and um, he ended up being raped, or he doesn't specifically say rape, does he? It's like he, he's, he's he says he was assaulted, assaulted by his aunt Helen who he had always like loved and been very close to and it's like it's like whoa <laughs> it was because i remember reading the book for the first time and i was just like oh i'm helen not you not you on helen and i think it's another reason why um he loved her so much not because of the trauma of course but because i guess he probably in at his young age probably didn't understand what was truly happening so he associated all the good things that he could remember because that was like a repressed memory. He didn't even remember it until it was like towards the end of the school year. And so it was a repressed memory. So I think that he associated all the things that she did for him, like letting him stay up late to watch Saturday Night Live mm-hmm. or buying him two Christmas, two birth, two presents, one for Christmas, one for his birthday because his birthday is December 24th. All the things like that, he associated good things for her. And he just, I guess he pushed that memory back in the back of his mind because he didn't understand that it happens a lot we don't understand something you just act like it didn't happen or act like it wasn't there yeah. so i think it's what happened with him i think and also i brought this point up to you and we were watching the movie i feel like maybe even the fact that like on helen was a woman in his mind it was like mm-hmm. okay she was just everything everything she did from the assault to letting right. him stay up late was just was mothering it was exactly. her being nurturing so that means everything she did was justified and it was right so that makes him like I feel like it's easier for people and for people who were, I've heard for people, guys who were assaulted by girls, it's like, it's hard for them to comprehend that they're a guy who just like, their yeah, power was like taken or, or controlled by a woman, right. which is like, you know, and I feel like with, with that, he kind of was like, okay, cool. I'm just going to associate everything that she did with 
nurturing and with mothering instinct with that love because it's a woman and obviously that's why everything she was doing obviously was just trying to help me mm-hmm. and it's like especially in a young kid's mind it's like n- no she, she you don't need to mother you don't need to touch a rub on a child's thigh to mother yeah. and, I don't know I just think I don't know it was, it was like that too because I don't know his, it seemed like his parents are he's close to his parents but then again not really he was just, he was close with both his parents but he was close and uh, with Aunt Helen in a different way. So of course, it, they the the relationships were like tit for tat almost. Yeah, there was like a a disconnect. I feel like with his parents, like especially he, it's it's more it's obvious more obvious in the book. Yeah, they played it down a little, and they played down they played down her his relationship with his sister in the mm-hmm. movie because in the book. This, even this relationship with that sister, I think, is more strained than it's shown in it's the... It's strained with every member of his family, honestly. Yeah. Because they showed it in, like, the brother in the movie is just like, oh, so caring. Oh, how are you? He wasn't he wasn't really like that in the book. He was gone for most of the duration of the year. He was, out play, he was out playing football. So when he would come back, it was mostly about him, mm-hmm. about what he experienced at college and things of that nature. So they weren't really... He's not really close with his family like that in the book, but like he loves them, he adores them, he respects them. But when it comes to like actually, when it comes to actually like um, having relationships and talking about things that he feels comfortable talking about or with his friends, he doesn't do that with his family. So they have different relationships. Yeah, I think, and in the book, that's a whole nother level of like the strain that having a child or having a member that of your family that struggles with mental health and mental illness mm-hmm. can put on the whole family because it's like he doesn't really talk about it in the book i think in the movie too it's like it's not shown that anyone else in the family deals with anything mm-hmm. as traumatic and as heavy as he does so it's like i i understand that too like because in my family i, I was kind of the only one that was really had really dark days and really dark thoughts and stuff mm-hmm. so it's like the family's trying to help chives too but it's, but it's also that level of i don't know how to help or like oh you're still depressed it's been three days like yeah no yeah, it's that's how that works it, it doesn't just go away because yeah, i and even in the book they would they wouldn't even try to help it was just in their minds it's just charlie being charlie because mm-hmm. you know back even back in the 90s in that that was can consider what was happening in early years the 90s were considered progressive <laughs> so mm-hmm. when they um mental health wasn't that much of a um it was so taboo in the 90s so when you talk about um mental health they were just they seemed like it wasn't really a thing but it was a thing for charlie so of course when you look at that era they're just thinking oh he's just different oh, he's just quirky it's just charlie they didn't know it was an actual problem mm-hmm. and the only thing they really would do would um it's just i don't know like whenever they would find him passed out after he had uh an episode they would just up oh, as charlie's having with his mom and they just take him home and of course they took him to a psychiatrist too but mm-hmm. it's still just like they didn't really understand like once you get to the root of it i'm sure they understood better then Mm. but they just they just tried their best they really did they're really trying their best and then it's like i don't know i think the whole like mental health anything involving like mental health stuff should be if not free cheaper than it is because Mm -hmm. as someone who for a long period of my life i had to stop going to therapy and going and getting my meds and stuff because they were too expensive Mm -hmm. and so i had to learn how to cope and deal with it on my own because my family just couldn't afford it at the time. And it's mm-hmm. like, now I'm really lucky and blessed that I am able to go to it now, that my dad can afford now to let me go and get my medicine and go talk to somebody. But it's like, 
that's just I'm like that's this is it's a tangent, but it's like what the fuck, <laughs> like <laughs> it's hard. It's like it's so many outside of um having mental illness. It's so many other factors that contribute to actually getting better. So it's different for everyone. Yeah, and then you know, of course, it's even more the systematic racism comes in play with that. It's, it's everywhere, like, y'all. Is, is systematic racism affects literally almost every part of people's lives, especially if you're black or a person of color. It's, it's, it's almost like you can't get around it. It's the worst. It's it's everywhere you turn. It's like here too, here too. Mm-hmm. But um, I think I, something that happened, I remember, I'll never forget, it was a Thanksgiving after I had had like my first like really bad like mental mental like episode and it was like a thanksgiving afterwards and we were all sitting down and we all nah, nah. and like you could tell my grandma was trying to like hint around like asking my mom and me like how's christian doing but they were kind of just like my grandma was like so yeah christian i was like what the heck <laughs> No, but I say all that all to say because it was so weird because finally, like, I was like, um, I'm kind of doing a little better. Like, I was like, they diagnosed me with depression and I was like talking about it. And like, my grandma was so confused. She's like, you can't be depressed. You're black. What? <laughs> and even though that's like the worst thing you could say, she honestly, I hate to tell you, but she had a point. Black people don't have time to actually take care of ourselves. It's so much of a, I have to go. I have to be something or I have to go get money I have to go I can't we don't have time to you know actually struggle while other people get to have yeah. their moments especially if you're what white 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 oh my god the the pressure of black kids especially and black women black women like to be something like we don't have a safety net safety net we don't have like mommy and daddy's trust fund you know where we can like fail four times creating a business and then just still be able to keep going we're not going to get a small loan of a million dollars like the pressure is on us i think from the moment we turn like 16 17 where we can get into the workforce or get into we can actually start making legal money the pressure's on like you need to start making money make something of yourself do something because you have no safety net and like you got to bills it's like i don't i feel the weight of bills and i don't even have bills yet i live and i live in a fucking dorm and (laughs) i feel the weight of bills literally Someone literally just texted me and she was like, uh, are you working? And it's one of my friends. And I was like, no. But should I be? Yes. And then I realized, why should I be working? If I don't, I there's nothing to work towards, really. It's just, I'll be sitting on money. And it's like, and it also it's like, we're here in grad school where they told us we had to be. Yes. So we're here in grad school. And then on top of that, you're like, okay, cool, work, find a way to get a degree in something that you're passionate about or see me passionate about and find a way to make money off that. But while you're trying to figure all that out, also work a minimum wage job so you can have money, just have money. And it's like, okay. (laughs) Every day, just I have at least one good, deep, ancestral side. Like, what am I doing? (laughs) I think that's so often. Okay, but back long tangent, tangent back to the <laughs> back to the book Price of Being a Wallflower so um next thing I wanted to talk about just touch on is the commodification of mental health mm-hmm. I talked to you a little about this like I bring in as an example besides Price of Being a Wallflower 
um, Blurry Face, which is an album by a band called 21 Pilots, mm-hmm. even though right now they're kind of like in the doghouse. Dog <laughs> I feel so bad because I actually like their music. Yeah, they're like in the doghouse. Not going to talk about that. But, we're, but we are going to talk about Blurry Face's album that came out. I was in, I want to say, junior year in high school mm-hmm. when it came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It came out, and it and it's all about um, the band members struggle with depression mm-hmm. and with mental health and learning how to be okay and to accept that it's part of them and the struggles. And Blurry Face is a character, but it's like an alter ego character almost. Mm-hmm. And um, I just bring that up as an example because I remember when it got really big, and especially the song Stressed Out was like, it was, I think it was a single. Mm-hmm. It got really big. And it was like people were just taking things out of context. And fairly local too. Fairly that one. Fairly local. And then with me, um, in Alabama, Polarize, I told you about that. Polarize mm-hmm. got really big there and they still like randomly play it when I'm back home. Like, okay. I just I just say all that to say it's like the commodification of it, like the the it got so mainstream that mainstream took out quotes from Blurry Face and they took the art away from the context they and they put it on and shirts and they they put merch. it on shirts and it was in Hot Topic and it was shirts that was like we're all Blurry Face. It's like yes, we all have a Blurry Face, but do you understand what you're saying or you just think it's like a cool aesthetic to hashtag your photo with? <laughs> it's like it's like. <laughs> It's like, and then I say that because I very vividly remember seeing like the popular girls in my school. I'm not saying popular girls don't struggle and have depression and trauma, but I remember very vividly seeing like the popular girls who like would make fun of the girls and the guys who wore darker clothes or who didn't really talk that much because they had anxiety or people who like they would cover. I, I knew a few people who wore bandages and stuff, you know, where they used to self harm. And it's like, you can obviously see that's why they have it, but they have it covered up. And it's like, you see those popular kids who would make fun of those people and stuff, but then still want to use a blurry face lyric as their caption on Instagram. And it's like, make it make sense. Ain't no way. Ain't no effing way. There's no way. There's no way. Certainly not I. And it's like, you see, you see it too with Perks of Be Wallflower when Perks Be, then the movie came out. Everybody was like, "We are infinite," and in that moment, we're infinite. Okay. And it was like people getting tattoos of that, like an infinite sign, infinity sign, and they were hashtagging the things. And it was like, "We're all wallflowers," and I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> as soon as something happens, you go blabbering to everyone. It's like, but do you understand? what a wallflower is you understand what they're saying it is you understand what the whole we are infinite what that meant to charlie in that moment you, you don't you just think it's a cute little quote so you took it out and put it over a stupid background on pinterest and made it your cover photo on facebook Literally. and it's like <sighs> becky <laughs> Susan, please. it's just you see that that's so another often. reason why people don't take mental health seriously because they just think it's something cute to quote and wear shirts and look I'm an activist. I'm not like other girls. I have depression. Um, what? Really? <laughs> I wish I could be like other girls. I hate when people, like, when I'm trying to talk to a person, talk to a partner, and they're like, okay, tell me about yourself, and I'm talking and stuff. Nothing about me. Nothing. Never yeah. mind. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm talking and stuff, and I'll be like, they'll be like, oh my God, you're just not like other girls and that. And I'm like, yeah, I wish I was, though. You know how often when I was like, just regular old every girl? I don't like my anxiety. I don't like that shit. I don't like any of it. And you're like, you know, other girls, my, my trauma makes me cool. That's different. 
That's that's weird. Oh, I should put that on my Tinder bio. Has lots of trauma. trauma. <laughs> swipe left. Wait, swipe, swipe left. left. If you want to have dark thoughts, <laughs> you want to hear about my dark days, it's dark dead. brown days. Uh-uh. <laughs> There's three sides to me: cerulean, dark brown, <laughs> and brick red. <laughs> brick red. Yes. On a good day. Yes. Crying. So another level to that, another side to that, though, is like you almost. If you're an artist, you know, through art, creating it is therapy through your trauma and through your mind and stuff. But you almost kind of have to allow your art to be able to be picked away and taken away and out of context in order to be successful. Because it's like, you know. Bring back to 21 Pilots. That's basically what's happening now. But see, he just, that was his fault. I'm sorry, but. Yeah, if you don't know, know if you don't know, now you know. I don't know. Just go look it up. Just search Tyler Joseph on Twitter and search and put the word beside that platforms and just see what happens. It's it was scary. It really was. It happened so quickly. Yeah. After they lost some followers though. So Oh no. I don't even, I don't think I follow them, which is weird. I follow both of them. Weird. But at the same time with that being said, I feel people felt like he was making fun of mental health. And if you know 21 Pilots and you know their music, and I'm not making an excuse for what he did because he honestly just shouldn't have posted that. That one should have been kept in the group chat, in the archives, the drafts, something else. It was just kept in the text But messages. at the same time, you also know, if you're a fan of 21 Pilots, you know their music and their, their discography is mostly about mental health and how you can overcome it or how to overcome it. Like, use their music to help you overcome. And it's just like... It's almost it's almost like ironic just to see that happen to them with their music and their stature. But every lyric almost like they're they're famous. Their most famous song, Car Radio. That's what that song is about. So it's just I don't know. I think we have to be able to police ourselves in a way too and make sure we not offend anybody because that could be triggering and end up um, hurting someone's mental health. But Tyler, he tried. He just thought it was gonna be funny. But. Uh. He, he just, mm-hmm. just it was it was a joke with bad in bad taste. It really was. It was. Uh, it was. Rooting for you. We, we were, were all rooting, rooting for, for you. you. Um, something I want to go back to is when we talked about um, back to the beginning when we talked about circular, the circular motion of abuse. Um, the several encounters that Charlie has with abuse of the sexual nature like it was like it almost followed him like he constantly was being shown or being in situations where he saw like violence as pertained to pertain to like sexual violence and even with or just sex in general yeah and even with his um the girl that he ends up falling for um a story he hears about stories of her how she um basically was like assaulted and like passed around and and was like roofied and stuff when she was young when she was like a freshman in high school because she's older than him when he fall, finds a crush on so like even the girl that he like ends up she has that she sort has of a, sexual uh abuse history as well it was like which it i can understand because um as somebody who was sexually assaulted it's like when i look back even before the assault it was almost like I, w- I did see, like, the- I had encounters with, like, violence on, like, the sexual level or, like, with sex. So it was, like, 
was the world being was this, the world was like foreshadowing yeah me. the world was foreshadowing my life same as charlie like the world's like the world's a funny way of being like everything comes back mm-hmm. everything is a cycle though that's true and i don't know i feel like that was very it was very foreshadowing in the book but it's just i don't know sometimes people always say like you are what you eat and sometimes the things you go through you end up finding people in your life who've gone through the same thing so I think that was another way of I think I'm sure it didn't show in the book but I'm sure uh, Sam ended up telling him like how to overcome sexual abuse things like that because they were just close like that anyways that's what in my mind in my epilogue of the book mm-hmm. that's what happens so I really do hope they got to um, overcome together like and then just you know coming to terms with it and coming to terms with how to deal with it as well so yeah and um I was gonna say something. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say, uh-huh. I was gonna say something amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Life's, Life's like, like that. that. Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, um but on a semi lighter note, I don't know if this is lighter, but like on a different note, I feel like it's lighter. Sam, his um his not I don't wanna say love interest, but the person that he likes and has feelings for she's a senior he's a freshman Mm -hmm. and then she they get together it towards the end of the book and the movie and it's (sighs) i feel like in the movie it works a little better because logan lerman even though we know he's a freshman he doesn't look like a freshman Mm -hmm. like when i see him next to emma um watson i don't know why i was blank on her last name when i see him next to emma there's a lot of emma's yeah when i see him next to emma watson i'm like okay they look like he's a junior and she's a senior or like they're both seniors like they look closer to age even though i know that he's a freshman and they don't ever like specifically they don't specifically keep bringing up that he's a freshman so in my mind i already aged him up i'm like oh exactly. that man is older would that be considered like some of like the sexual history too because technically that's like is that statutory, statutory rape, rape if y'all have sex in the book he's which 15 y'all do and she exactly oh no 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 they almost had sex. I'm sure they had sex later, but they almost had sex in the book. But she's 18, graduating, going to college, and he's 15, a freshman in high school. I don't, and, sir. On a, on a lighter note, I, I never saw that happen in high school. Did that happen in your high school? Like, No. no actually, three-year difference, yes. No. Look, the biggest thing, the biggest, like, scandal, when we were f- June, no, no, when we were seniors, one of the girls, one of like the popular girls was dating somebody at the community college. And that was like the biggest like, oh my God. And we, we were seniors. Like most of us were already like 18 then. And she was, I think, but I think she was, I think she was 17. But she, that was the biggest thing. She was, and technically he was only a year older than her. And technically she was almost legal because she was, but her birthday was like in a month or so. The biggest scandal we had, well, we had a, I remember one couple in our school, we were a very small school, we knew everybody. I remember one couple that had like a big age gap. They were three years apart too. But I remember this one time we were in eighth grade and this girl was a junior in high school because by the time we got out of ninth grade, she was graduating. So this just so happened she was in the basketball team and she ended up having a relationship with one of the coaches. Oh, cool. And that was different. And yeah, you know, the word passes around fast. I don't really think she ever had to, like, they, she, they ever sent her home or anything, which I don't think she should anyways. But I think the, the coach did end up leaving, like, middle of the year. And it was just like, wow. Scandalous. Yeah, scandalous. <laughs> like, the school I went to, it was, like, 30 people to each grade. So it was just like, 
how to even find time to do that and and why that sounds so great i i love i love you talking about you at high school because you went to such a small high school and it was like everyone knew everyone i love i love that idea i my graduating class related in some form i like i really like that my high school was basically like a community college we had like halls and then we had buildings and then my graduating class was 200 and something people Ooh. it's like we i knew everyone's faces but don't ask me their names <laughs> if you weren't one of my close friends i didn't know your name but i knew your face i knew that we had been in the same grade since freshman year we knew everyone's faces we were like you 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 and you are juniors <laughs> but ask us our names uh, that ain't it doc <laughs> yeah it was the exact opposite we knew everybody's names for the most part that reminds me of um this there's a new tv show coming out called the teacher and it's about um oh, yeah and it has gosh. that that other white boy of the month whatever his name is oh, what's his name God, i don't know but you know what i'm talking about yes, the face yeah the face the face the, 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 the eyebrows white boy face. Um, <laughs> he's one of the other white boys of the month the brunettes um, yes. yes he's cute though i think logan, uh, logan lerman's cute but um, i just feel like with his even with him being a newer actor, he already has a reputation of doing pretty good roles. He's a good actor, yeah. So what, what's different now? Why, why do you want to be in love with the teacher? Why now? Why is that a story? Who's, who, sat, who sat down and was like, you know what we need right now? A love story between a teacher and a child. In the midst of a pandemic, this is what we need. Right now, in front of my salad? Right now, in front of my salad. Well, I guess they're thinking, in last year this time, this would be like the wildest story you can imagine. <laughs> but now. 2020. Mm. I, you know what we should read next? You no. Know, you know what we should read next? No. <laughs> there's, um, you know, there's like this whole new like genre. They're called like quarantine books. People are writing things. It's like quarantine with the bad guy or like quarantine That's with disgusting. my lover. I'm we not, should read that. I am not reading those Kroger books. <laughs> we should read Those it. Dollar Tree, Dollar General books you find near the candles. I'm not reading that. We should read it. Yeah. I, Nick Robinson. I never remember his name. Nick Robinson. How I'm old is he? He looks... Old enough. 25. Okay. He looks, okay. He looks young. He looks... He looks like you could play. He, he looks like a high from, schooler. The fifth wave. That's what I remember. He's in Jurassic, and he's in uh, Love Simon. I have not seen Love and Simon. Everything, so. everything. <sighs> I haven't seen everything, everything either. Was he? Uh, mm. It was okay. I went to go see it with somebody. I think I saw like a friend. I don't talk to him anymore. Lol. But, um, <laughs> you remember he had a manless dying bird in him, and she was locked in the house because she was sick and. Oh, it was like a Fallen Our Stars ripoff, wasn't it? Basically, yes. No, Fallen Our Stars. The Fallen Our Stars cast was horrible. They they fucked up the movie by casting them. That was the it. But that's a whole other tangent. I actually enjoyed the cast and stuff. I had a good time. <laughs> that's the other white boy one. What's that boy's name? Ansel. Ansel, Ansel. Elrod. He's, yeah. Ansel, is it Angord? Igord? is an album <laughs> by <laughs> Tyler the Creator. Sorry. Shout out to Tyler Crater. That album was pretty. That was pretty solid. That was his last two albums were very solid. But um, I was gonna say something. He said something really stupid and ignorant during quarantine. I can't remember what it was. He liked like a really random post. Oh, so many people have just been showing so, their butt. They really showed their true colors. They their true colors really did come out during quarantine. It was interesting to see. We canceled so many white boys of the month. We Ugh, did. So canceled sad. a lot of black people too. Everyone must go. 
Was Terry Crews the only one ever black though? <laughs> I don't know. He's only black during um. Everybody, everybody hates Chris. Everybody, everybody loves Chris. Chris. Ah, why did we switch? <laughs> I was wrong. Everybody hates Chris. This is what the show is called. You had it right. Anyway, well, that's all for this episode. Before we leave, though, I think we should leave off with our favorite quotes from the books and like our big, our favorite takeaway. You want to go first? My favorite quote would have to be him. Um, in the part of one book. In the part of the book, he was mentioning about his teacher, and he was mentioning to the friend as well that he's been so busy participating that he hasn't been able to write a letter in a few days. So I just like to, I like that quote. You know, he's participating, he's trying to stay in the moment because his mind, the way his mind works, is just kind of like it kind of goes fast when he's having like an episode, and you can't really keep one thought in your head. And so I have a lot of those moments myself. So it's just just trying to stay in the moment and not worry about the future, which is very hard for me. But I'm trying to do better. So this is my, one of my favorite quotes. Alright, mine is, um, you see things, you keep quiet about them, and you understand you're a wallflower. I just really like that because as a writer, I my mind tends to also, it, ooh, words, English. Yes. <laughs> as a writer, when I go places and when I'm in situations, I tend to be very quiet, especially in new situations around new people. I tend to be very quiet and take things in because I'm archiving it so that when I am alone, I can write about it and I can kind of diagnose and like decompress about it that's how I am like especially like at parties I don't like going to parties anymore but like at parties I'm the one that's kind of just off to the corner drinking watching everyone else I, never, I went to one party that was it half because of me and half because my parents are insane but, but yeah so I really relate to that because I feel like that's me like I I see things but I'm quiet about them and I but I tend to understand what's going on I just don't really talk about it or talk to people about it so yeah so that was the end of this episode, um, Parks of Being a Wallflower. I'm Christian. Um, this is the rest of you want to tag your Instagram or Twitter or anything? No, we're good for now. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, this is Zero Likes. You know, the Instagram, the blog, and the YouTube channel is all in the description and down below or to the side or wherever you're watching or looking at this. Thank you so much for listening. See you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Love you.